You're listening to the Athletic Motion Golf Podcast. I'm Mike Renato, and I'm here with my good buddy and co-founder in AMG, Sean Webb. We have one goal with this podcast, to help you improve your game. We're going to do that by showing you what the best players in the world do, and then show you how to incorporate those same moves into your own swing. And we're going to do it all in 15 minutes or less. Today's episode is brought to you by Live View Golf. We use the Live View Pro every day in lessons because it gives our golfers the necessary feedback for improvement. The Live View Pro is like having a swing studio in your pocket. It's a tool we recommend to anyone serious about improving their swing. Check it out at liveviewsports.com backslash AMG to get $40 off at checkout. All right, Sean, we're starting the stopwatch. We've got 15 minutes on the clock. Uh, I'm going to read you an email that I got two days ago. Hi, Mike and Sean. I am, I won't say his name. I live out in Seattle, Washington. I'm looking for an instructor anywhere near me who works with AMG stuff or the AMG type method. Can you help me out? And that's actually an email that we get quite often. It's flattering that guys want to work with our information, but I think this is a bigger question that we get. Uh, it's what to look for in an instructor. You know, there's a lot of people that don't take golf lessons who play golf a lot, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. Not everyone who plays golf takes golf lessons. A lot of golfers are working on their swing by themselves. And there's an, a stigma that goes along with, I don't want to get way worse to get better. So I don't want to invest money in six lessons, get really bad. And then after the sixth lesson, then I'm kind of worse than where I started. So golfers want to know when we get this question a lot is like, what should I be? I can't come see you guys. I can't afford to fly in or whatnot. Are you just not, it's not feasible to come see you guys. So what should I look for in an instructor? I think it's yeah, a great question. A, that, really. It is because it's a lot. I mean, golf instruction is interesting in a way. All you really have to do is put up a shingle, right? And say you're a golf instructor. So there's, it's, it can be hard to find someone that like, if you're just out looking for yourself, it's hard to know who to go to and who knows what, because everybody can say that they know this, that, and the other, but maybe they don't have any experience. It's funny. Everybody is. Uh, yeah. And that's good and bad. I mean, it, there's, there's no, uh, one certification that, you know, everyone has mm -mm. to be a member of to, to be legitimate or what, and that's good and bad. But you know, we, we, we laugh about this all the time. It's kind of like everybody now with, with websites so easy to make and all that. Everybody now is a tour instructor. Everybody's either played on the tour or been a tour instructor. And when you go to these tour events and you're working with these golfers, you don't see, you don't see the 4,000 that are tour instructors out there. So you're exactly right. There is some, there's some skepticism with the advertising out there. And how can a player know if the guy that they're going to go invest money in, because you're going to invest not only money, but invest your time in, how is that a good investment? And there are a few things that you absolutely want to look for when you're, when you're interviewing these coaches and you should call them up, you should talk to them, you should interview them, you should ask around because again, you're making an investment in time and money and you don't want to get worse. You do want to have a clear plan for improvement. And it's good to know some things. And what would be some of the things that you would be interested in if Sean was just starting out in golf and he was looking to get better? Yeah, I, I like this topic. So first thing I'm doing, <clears throat> I want to know, I want to know who he's teaching. 
or who he's taught that was successful. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be tour players either, especially if I, if I was going to him as a 10 handicapper, hey, let me know some guys that you helped get from 10 to scratch or help some of your success stories. Who have you helped? Because the the teachers that are helping guys, they're always busy. I don't care what town they're in. If they're if guys are getting better and playing better golf and they, they take a few lessons and go out and beat their buddies on, on a regular basis from or even just have some good rounds soon afterwards, the teacher's gonna be slammed with lessons. So I wanna know who have you taught, who you've been teaching, how have they gotten better? Maybe can I talk to them? Um, and that would be the first thing. Hey, what kind of results are you getting? Are you actually making people better? It would be a number one. Okay. So you're going to look at, and you're going to try to see what their pedigree is for their instructors for, excuse me, for their students. And it doesn't have to be tour players no, either. Well, I, doesn't. I would say for most right, golfers, it doesn't need to be tour yeah. players. Because sometimes the tour coaching thing, you're really kind of, you know, babysitting a little bit more than you are out there fixing swings. I mean, it's not, you know, fixing Mr. Havenkamp, who's 10 degrees, over the top with an open club face. Now that's a golf lesson. If you can fix that guy, that, there's your teacher. There's a difference even in tour players. I mean, sure, me tour coaches. Uh, a lot of tour coaches. So you're going to get. It's a small kind of traveling circus out there on tour. So you're going to get coaches who have developed players from junior golf all the way up to the PGA Tour. You're going to get players right. who just started working with this tour player two weeks ago who was already on tour. So you're going to get everything in between there as far as the development of that tour. Some players aren't being developed, right? They're already on tour. They're already good golfers. They're world-class golfers. So you're doing different things to them. Some players have been developed from the age they were 10 years old all the way up through the PJ Tour with one coach. So that's a completely different relationship and different pedigree there going on than if you just start working with a tour player last year or two weeks ago or whatever. And coaches are always changing Players, players are always changing coaches, so you can't really say uh, just because X pro is a tour coach that he has the same experience in working with tour players or developing players into tour players as someone else. You have to kind of look at the history of that. So I, I would say mm-hmm. for someone in your case, you're just picking up the game, you're just starting, you want to see how players have been developed from beginners mm-hmm. to more intermediate and advanced players, not necessarily looking at did you work with Tiger Woods or did you help Roy McIlroy? Because what they did with Roy or Tiger is going to be way different than what they should be doing with you, taking you from a 10 handicap to a five handicap. No, that's, that's a hundred percent correct. And, you know, I've got just thinking on this, you know, uh, over the years I've had the chance to coach some good players. Like with David Toms, he was already really good, you know, and you just kind of keep an eye on him. Right. Kind of some of his backswing stuff he's always working on. And then with Doug Barron, it was more of a swing overhaul, right? The, the teachers he was going right. to wasn't getting the results he wanted. And he, he came in and I, I gave, you know, took him some time to work on it months and months. And it finally, he broke through and, got, and you know, had some success and got a win. But you know, it, if you're like Mike said, if you're a beginner, you need to find someone who has developed players from beginners. And I, I used to do it and I'll be great. I'll tell you right now, I don't do it as much as I used to. I mean, I don't get any beginners anymore. You know, I just, as you coach more and more and more and more, you know, the good, good players tend to gravitate towards you and the beginners. I just don't see them as much, which is, you know, just kind of the way it worked for me. I don't know about Mike. You probably don't see a whole lot of beginners, do you? No, and there's only, you know, so many hours in the day that you can teach. Exactly. So, but at the same time, you don't need 
that level of experience to take you from a straight beginner to a 15 handicapper. As far as to the coach, yes. the coach not. Yeah. We, you know, I've been thinking about that a lot too. It is a mistake though, for a beginner to go to a brand new coach. You want to go to somebody who's got a little bit of experience. Cause it's not, I mean, it takes some skill to get a beginner to going. It absolutely. You know, does, it's yes. like, I mean, it's something you want someone who knows what they're doing. So don't make the mistake of going to the guy that charged 10 bucks an hour just cause he's cheap. Go to someone, like we said, who's got some experience to call, to call them. They'll tell you, yeah, I don't really like teaching beginners. Right. I mean, okay, no problem. Or you might find someone, oh man, I love beginners. That's what I do. I take you on the course. I teach you how to play, teach you how to score. That's your guy. You know, finds, yeah, that's your guy and, and vice versa. Hey, I'm, I'm good at teaching the guy who comes over the top. I fix him all the time or whatever. Yep. Interview the guy. Figure out what he likes to do, what he's good at doing, and he's got some experience. There's your guy. That's the first thing. Group lessons are great, What's too, his, for beginners. Absolutely. It's less you intimidating. Know, it's less uh-huh. It's less. Uh, just you get a more sense of the community. You can see how other people look. You can learn that you're not the worst golfer on the planet because you're sitting next to four other guys trying to learn the same beginning moves that you're trying to make. It's just a really good way to do it. And it is. not everybody does group lessons, so you want to find the guy or girl who's really good at teaching those group lessons because it's not always the same thing. And yeah, I think so, you hit the nail on the head too. You, you talked about, you know, hey, I'm really good at fixing over top or I'm really good at this. You be careful of the guy who says he's good at everything mm-hmm. because it's not. It's just not possible. We're not good at everything. Mm-hmm. We don't try to be good at everything. Mm-hmm. And anyone that says they can fix anything and everybody, you got to be careful with that. Mm-hmm. So that gives us the first thing. The second thing I would say, let, let's go up the, the totem pole of like the better players. If you're out there, I know some of you are probably lower handicappers. You know, I think you need to be looking for somebody that is measuring the golf swing. And Mike and I talk about it a lot. You know, you can just talk about, oh yeah, pressure the ground this, and ro-, you know, you're rotating this much, but they're not measuring anything. They don't really know what they're talking about. They're, they're just kind of throwing numbers out there. Yeah, this is a big pet peeve for us. Uh, there's a lot of instruction out there online. You know, you don't have to look do too deep of a search to find where instructors are talking about this is how you pressure this or this is how this part of the body moves, this and that, and they don't measure any of it. They, they're standing on a driving range. They, it's like they may have gone to a seminar or they may know a buddy who has 3d or they may have gone to a seminar and heard, you know, tour player X does this way or whatever. And they just apply that across the board. And the more you measure, the more you realize you can't see golf swings as they actually happen through video. No, you cannot. And you know, it's not a knock on guys that don't have the technology. All it's all we're saying is if you want to go to coach, a let's say you know he you, if he doesn't have the technology to measure he should be already having a relationship with somebody where he can take you to get measured maybe in the first couple lessons so that you can get a baseline on what you're doing with the body and the club and the pressure in the feet and the 3d data he can collect all that and then make a plan of attack you know based on what you're actually doing not just kind of guesswork so we think that you know measuring golfers is important, especially nowadays. We have all this great technology. If if the guy doesn't have it, not using it, or doesn't have access to it, uh, it may not go to that coach. And, and you know, some of you may disagree with that. I just just the way we look at things because that's kind of what we um, we do on a daily basis, Mike and I. You know, we we look at the data, we 
give them the best course of action and kind of go from there. You're exactly right. And you don't have to measure to be a good coach. And that's not what we're saying. No, you do not. That's yeah. absolutely not what we're saying. What we're saying is if, if an instructor is talking about the pressure doing this or the body doing that, and they're not measuring that more often than not, there's going to be some parts that are wrong there. It's just the nature of the beast. We've measured enough golf swings. We've looked at enough videos to know we get them wrong when we just look at video and then you pop them on gears and you go, oh, that's what's really happening. Well, I totally missed that on video. So there's just a level of refinement and resolution that you can see in 3D that you just can't see on video. And if you need that in your golf swing or if something's not clicking and you're just not having success making a change, it's a good idea to get measured. And you need to have a pro who either can do it himself, has experience doing it, or like Sean said, has the reputation. We do, we have pros all the time bring their students in to get captured on gears. That's not a big deal. We enjoy doing it. I love watching how other pros work with their students. And it's nice just to be the guy who just passes that information along and then watch how they work with it. it it's I like it's that, cool for actually. us. Yeah, it's cool for us to see the different relationships and how those things work because we can learn from that. But it, the information is still there. You need to have that information. If you're working on something that's difficult to change and it's just not clicking, which we've all had students that are like that, so it's just not clicked for whatever reason, to be able to go and say, okay, this is the black and white version of what you're doing. This is what we need to change. And then you have a much finer area of focus to make that change rather than just, you know, just keep beating a dead horse with not making the change. You're going to, you're going to waste a lot of money, a lot of time and usually wind up frustrated because of it. You know, sometimes, especially with good players, the change is like a needle in a haystack. So you need as much information as you can get to say, okay, that's something we did not see before on video. And now it's glaring, you know, when we look at 3d and that might be that one. Cause a lot of times with good players, especially like we had, a, a tour coach, a tour coach, a legit tour coach, send in one of his players to Mike and I. He plays on the PGA Tour right now. And, you know, that was the thing. He was looking for a needle in a haystack. And, it, you know, his coach was smart smart enough and open enough and, and, and uh, confident enough. with us. To, yeah, confident enough. We weren't going to poach his player or try to do that anyway. He sent him over to Mike and I, and we, we worked with him. And, you know, we were able to find something that, that helped him that he wasn't able to see before. And we called the coach and said, this is what we saw. And, we think that's a great way to go. If, if you want to work with somebody that doesn't have access to all the the, the um, technology, just make sure they can get access to it. And that's also a good uh, barometer, too, when you're picking a coach. Is, is that coach confident enough, secure enough in what he's doing to get you the help that you need regardless of what it is, whether it's a physio guy, whether it's a 3D guy, whether it's measuring your pressure movements, your force data. It, are they willing to – turn over any stone to make you better. And mm -hmm. like we said, no one instructor has all the information for all those different parts of the game, whether it's mental through physical. If, if your guy that you're working with or considering working with isn't known for doing that or doesn't have that willingness to do it, you can find someone who is. And I think yeah. over the long term, if you're looking for a long-term relationship and improving your game to that level, you're going to be way better off for it. Uh, you know, we work with Scott Hamilton who works with more tour players than anyone out there. He will turn, talk to anyone, turn over any stone if he thinks it can make one of his players an ounce better. And that's a yeah, heck of that's a, a mark of a true coach. Yeah, that's a heck of a role model to have for how to do that. And we've adopted that because the player appreciates it. It makes the player better. 
they know that that it's you doing that. You don't have to worry about them being disloyal to you. And you know, it's just a great way to go about doing it. You want to help the player. If you're the player, you want to be helped and you want to have that kind of quarterback of the team or head coach of the team, however you want to look at it to say, "Okay, we need to go make sure you're getting this correctly." Let's let's go and set up a session with Sean so we can get you on gears and see if that's what's actually happening. And you're going to know right off the bat if it's not. It takes about three swings to capture data, and you're going to know right off the bat in those three swings if you're doing what you're doing, or if you're doing what you think you're doing, or if you need to be doing something else. You'll see it very quickly. And oftentimes, Sean, if you have an issue, especially with the downswing issue, you're going to find something causing that in the backswing. Nine, nine times out of ten, and that's where that's where three D is super helpful because you really can tell where to start, you know, turning your focus. But you know, to kind of sum all this up, I think it's a really good way to look for an instructor, like Sean mentioned. You know, ask around, look around, see who he's developed, see who he works with, and see how busy he is. Then look and see what he's willing to do to take your specific needs to meet your goals. And I think you're going to have a really good combination there and a really good relationship, providing. Um, we're able to get back out there and hit balls sometime this year. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Sean, is there anything else we need to cover on this topic? I think that's it. You know, we hope that these are helping you guys and, and he, please share them with your friends and golfing buddies. Um, our goal is to help as many people as we can and, and you can help us do that. Awesome. Thanks guys. We'll see you on the next one.